0: Good morning, good evening, wherever you are across the world and the universe, welcome to Quantum Living, a mysterious dimension at the intersection of science and spirituality where anything can happen. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for joining me on this quantum journey as I continue lifting the veil of other dimensions and realities to make them a part of our life. As always, please take away from this show only what resonates with you and discard the rest or put it aside for later. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. Okay, let's begin. Hello and welcome to yet another fascinating episode of Quantum Living. Divination, fortune-telling and psychic readings have been attracting people for centuries. Being able to glimpse into our future or find the answers to some burning questions or receive guidance when we find ourselves at a crossroads in our life is often more than entertainment. The mystery of our spiritual imprint with information about our past and potential futures being somewhere out there in spirit and visible to a psychic eye can be irresistible and so much fun. To unravel some of these mysteries and explore the world of Tarot, I have invited to my show today a special guest, Niki Ojeda. Niki has been reading Tarot for over 30 years. She was gifted her first Tarot deck at the age of 15 and has never looked back ever since. She does readings, psychic fair events, and workshops. These days, she's also creating her own essential oil blends, as well as doing online tarot readings full-time. And now, Nikki joins me from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hello, Nikki. Welcome to Quantum Living. It's lovely to have you on my show. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, and thank you, Anna, for having me. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Beautiful. You have a very interesting and intriguing energy, I have to say, somewhat mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, could you start our conversation by telling us a little bit about yourself and your spiritual journey? How did you find yourself on this path?
1: Well... In a certain way, I've always been drawn to this path, though. As a child, I didn't exactly understand what that was. But I have to say, it truly began. I had past life memories of ancient Egypt. Um, I was sitting in a dentist office, and there was the National Geographic cover of King Tut. I was a little child. And um, my mom was looking through it, and I started crying, telling her it was all broken. <laughs> and <laughs> so I had... I, that always stuck with me, though I couldn't quite articulate it then. And then I had another mm. past life memory of um, my mother being my sister and us running across windmills and being Dutch. And later I found out that's part of her ancestry. Just little interesting things like that. But I've always been drawn to the mystical. And I found that the religion I was being raised in was very repressive, especially toward women and toward any kind of spiritual experience, really. Perhaps it was just the denomination of Christianity that we were in, but it was very, well, it was the opposite of life affirming, frankly. And um, in my teens, I was lucky to find a wonderful person named Karen, who she became a teacher of herbology. And that's where I first began working with essential oils. And um, it just tra- was a trajectory of witchcraft, Wicca, yoga, and all sorts of different things. Um, and she's the one who gifted me my tarot deck. So it kind of all bloomed at once when I was 15. And I was able to make some sense of the mystical feelings I'd always had, being out in nature and listening to music, etc. cetera.
0: Beautiful.
1: So what is
0: divination? Is it the same thing as psychic reading?
1: Yes and no. So the way I see divination is a glimpse into our probabilities so that we can change them. It can point the way to the work that we have to do so that we can create the outcomes that we'd like. You use psychic energy to do that, but a psychic uh, reading isn't always done for that. Sometimes like I do past life readings as well. Okay. And that is a type of psychic or clairvoyant reading. um, some people do psychic readings to pick up on spirit energies or the energies contained within an object, etc. So it is um divination is included in the psychic under the psychic umbrella, I would say.
0: Mm, okay. So what types of divinations are there like in the mainstream and which ones do you use?
1: Well, um I use tarot cards, I use my clairvoyant abilities as well. And Plenty of people use runes or even scrying. They pick up messages and they can look in a candle flame. Um, I personally, I stick to tarot cards because that's what I've had the training in. And that's how I've learned how to hone down the impressions that I get. But it's been said that you can do tea leaves. You can use anything if it speaks to you. I have a funny joke. I did a silverware reading for someone. Wow. (laughs) Yes. A little plate, a knife, a fork and a spoon. And I had him cast them and um, I read the placement of them. And let's just say I informed him that he'd have to give up a certain indulgence and cut it out of his life. And he was shocked because he was just told he had to give up alcohol because Ah. he was getting an ulcer. (laughs) So anything could be used if you feel like you're tapping into it, but. Tarot cards and my own clairvoyant yes. ability for
0: me. I've never heard of silverware readings. So, so.
1: Me neither. <laughs> it just happened. So that was just
0: like on a hunch you just decided to try this.
1: Well, he'd asked me for a tarot reading and we were both working in a restaurant. This was like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I said, Well, I can do a little silverware reading because, you know, it's the same symbolism. The plate is the pinnacle. The, the fork would be the sword, the knife, the wand, and the spoon, the cup. Mm. So using those, that's yes. how I just did a little quick peek in if I happened to tap into something.
0: Mm. Very clever. Now, how does divination, which is a glimpse into our future or the past, fit in the concept of quantum reality, which says that there is an infinite number of futures?
1: Right. Well, I would begin by saying that, in my opinion, I do not view divination as a glimpse into the future.
0: Okay.
1: I view divination as probable trajectories uh, that are likely to unfold unless you use the insights given to make the changes. And it fits right in with the quantum view because nothing is set in stone. And that's why we do divination so that we can do the work that we need to create the outcomes that we want. Mm. all about insight for me.
0: Yes. Could you give us some examples from your work with people about some particularly interesting or unusual readings?
1: Yes. So this one relates to a past life reading. I actually did this one in person. I usually do online readings, but I had, I've just done my record number at a festival It it's like 20 in a row. And I was really on a roll and there was this woman who asked for a past life reading and I tapped into her, it was like a Viking life or some sort of life where they were pillaging people and doing, you know, things pretty much hurting the other people for their own gain in that sort of stereotypical Viking style, even though it's not hundred percent sure that it was that it was something like that, which happened everywhere. But the point is I do that. Mm. It tapped into a, recurring pattern in her life that she could not, you know, reconcile with events that have occurred in her life. It was like a mysterious pattern of energy that that didn't make sense to her. And that is that she always felt guilt and she always felt she was to blame when other people were suffering and were hurting. And so we delved into that a little yeah. bit. And um, I don't do past life regressions, but sort of help her view the archetypes that are, were working in, in her. And um, she was feeling like, well, she was just taking on blame that she didn't own. And I, I believe she was a child or someone else without power uh, when her family and her people were doing those things. And she was a conscious and sensitive soul and couldn't do anything about it. And so she was still carrying that and just, she told me that just her knowing that was just a little something that would give her something to work with when she's trying to bring new archetypes and new mythological ways of being for her soul. That's one Mm. strong one.
0: So divination or this sort of reading can be a form of therapy almost.
1: It really can. It really can with limitations. Um, So when people have deep trauma, which often comes up and it is something that I have to take responsibility for, um, I always point them to getting some sort of professional, you know, assistance help um, like EMDR can help with the, because sometimes Mm -hmm. the trauma comes up in a past life reading and even in a regular tarot reading. Um, So I don't counsel them per se, but people can't always afford this help so they need something and so I just sort of point them to avenues that may help and even um, there's something called the Sedona method that can help in the in the in the interim Mm -hmm. in the immediate interim that can assist them it's not a cure-all but it's just it helps them process their emotions with less judgment because we have not been taught that in the society very much we're we're automatically judging ourselves for having yes. negative emotions. And it's really just part of the human experience. Yes. There's like this silent, you should be happy all the time, or you like guilt for these emotions. And even just tapping them into that and at least having an intention mm. to try to release yeah. them in the moment can help them,
0: you yes, know, absolutely. as they're
1: searching out their greater healing path. There was another story um, of a woman who she was she couldn't keep a relationship to save her life. And she was the sweetest, like a very attractive person. I actually knew her personally. And I don't I try to shy away from doing readings from people I know really well um, most of the time. Um, Not always. In this case, it was a clear need because she just kept getting her heart broken over and over and over. And even from what I and my friends who knew her could see, there's no reason why the person that she should had been with should create so much drama. You know, in our opinion, you never really know. But it turns out that she had lost her true love. Like he his boat never returned. Um, it was just a regular fishing boat on a river. Like right? I saw it completely, and she was there, and she was on a bridge, and she began crying because she felt it so hard. And but uh, we were able to just ascertain that she just had a lot of work to do to open up her heart and open up her heart chakra and not sabotage love in her life and her relationships.
0: Okay, so when she did that, did it work for her?
1: Um, she is in. A relationship that seems to be going well it's still kind of new but um she said just being conscious of that she's uh she's also worried that no one can live up to some romanticized image of him so it's something she's working on put it that way okay it's something she's working on but at least she has a few more tools to add to her healing toolkit you know with where am i carrying these energetic patterns which is what it's all about. You know, it's all about yes. bringing in a new archetype where if it's unconscious, you really can't work with it. But if you bring it to consciousness, yes. you're able to shift and change. Usually these things aren't instantaneous. It's usually not as magical. Like, Oh, I got a tarot reading. My whole life is perfect. You got to do the work. Yeah. I mean, there's no getting out of that. There's no spiritual <laughs> bypassing to be done. In fact, it's going to take you a little bit more down into the depths. So if you don't want to look, don't get a past life reading. If you do, you know, be willing to deal with what comes up and use it because it's a lot of treasure.
0: Absolutely. Now, there are two schools of thought, if you like, about divination and psychic readings and fortune telling. Some people believe that it is actually disempowering by depriving us of making different choices or expecting different outcomes. So in other words, if if in a reading, uh, the reader will say, okay, this is what I can see, it's coming up for you. And the person was expecting something completely different. Some people would say that such a reading could prevent the person from Uh, seeking other choices or making different decisions if what comes up in the reading is not what they are happy about or would want to accept. What's your take on this?
1: Well, my take on this is that that could be argued that any type of information can influence your trajectory. And the root word decide, if you're going to decide something, you are killing off another choice. It has side, D side. It's a murder of another choice. So anytime we take in any new information, it influences us and it affects, you know, our trajectory. And my whole motivation is to, if I am presenting something that's probability showing up for someone, I make sure that I let them know nothing is set in stone. Mm Nothing's ever set in stone. That's why we do divination. It's just to get a peek at a probability. And um, I also encourage people not to give their power away. There are certain people who give their power away to, whether it's a, a tarot reader or a, a book, or because they haven't claimed their own power. And there's it's very important that you realize what areas of life you are powerful and you've never claimed that power. And then there's some areas of life where you think you might have more power over a situation than you will and you sort of need to flow and surrender with that so i try to circumvent all those questions i i try not to give people things to do it's just more like avenues of perception that they Mm. can take to get more conscious about certain patterns showing up
0: Mm. and for example if the person had Another reading, say three months later, it could be completely different, correct? If they have made some changes and and different decisions because the energy has shifted, the energy has changed, and other probabilities or probable futures came to the fore.
1: Absolutely, yes. Um, And I have some repeat clients who they do work on some of the same situations. And as they're doing work, different avenues of probability will show up in their reading and little changes here and there. Um, and it's amazing the big things that are harder to budge, they'll keep showing up too. They don't change as much. It's, it's kind of amusing, <laughs> but you know, it just shows how there are certain things that are easier to change than others. And um, yeah, it's obvious that um, things are moving when they come back and get another reading about the same thing. And it's a lot different. And then it manifests that way too. I mean, I've gotten stories, you know, where people tell me I have my few, they don't get readings all the time because I discourage any sort of dependency, but, you know, once a month or once a season, something like that.
0: Do you work with spirit energies in your work with clients?
1: Well, I will say that as a rule, I don't try to, I do with my own work. I definitely do. But with other people the only time I really do is when they show up, when they make themselves known. Um, Because usually it's all about the person and their own psyche and their own conscience, consciousness. But I have noticed that when tapping into certain past lives, people who were there will come forward. And I'm getting goosebumps because I'm thinking of some of the experiences that I've had. I don't, I don't claim to be a medium or anything, but I've had several of those experiences where people who want to talk to the querent come through me. And um, I told someone about, okay, here's another example. There was um, a person who I was totally getting vibes of France as her or a French sort of vibe. And she said that when she was a child, she had a France day. (laughs) and then I just kept getting the name like Margaret wanted to talk to her about that life and and got real emotional because it turned out that that was her grandmother who was um, passed away when she was quite young, and I could tell that they had been in that life together, so that has happened, but as a rule when I'm doing a tarot reading, I don't seek out any particular um, spirits. Um, Spiritual energy is just like um, it's one of those words. It's like, is it the same as psychic energy? You know, and that in that instance, the spirit realm or the astral plane is open, and I can tap into it. But it's all really beyond my conscious knowing of what exactly I'm doing. To tell you the truth, it's more like I just allow it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But certain spirits will come for certain people, but I don't call them in. <laughs>
0: Learn more about Quantum Living, a cutting-edge approach to self-empowerment and emotional freedom at the intersection of science and spirituality. It is the master key to understanding how life works and gives you many tools and strategies to change your life experiences. Whether dealing with emotional addictions, relationship issues, self-sabotage, blocking the progress and achievement in your life, or any other challenge – Quantum living is the space you want to be in. My quantum living coaching program is as psychological, spiritual, and esoteric as it is educational and practical. In the advanced stage of the program, I will take you on a quantum soul journey in a deep theta state to other dimensions and realities, which is an amazing and profound experience. I also invite you to sign up for Quantum Talk my free monthly newsletter with a blog, updates and special offers. When you do, you will instantly receive a download copy of my book The 7 Keys to Quantum Communication, absolutely free. To book your free diagnostic session and receive your free book, visit quantumliving.com.au today. You'll be glad you did. Mm -hmm. but as you said when you are doing reading for a client quite often you will get let's say an insight or some particular information that obviously comes to you psychically and in this context do you work with say your spirit guides or the client's spirit guides or some readers work with archangels or ascended masters so do you have any any such specific
1: help? I do call in a whole circle of my own guides. Okay. Um, and they are rather um, amorphous shapes. I haven't named them, although they do repeat themselves. I mean, they show up more than once, so I kind of know who they are. But I, I in, in my other spiritual work, I'll tap into certain pantheons of gods and goddesses and they actually have manifested for me. But with the tarot, I just make sure I have my circle of protection. And I feel like they're guides who could sort of open the door for me and help me trust mm-hmm. myself and not censor what I say. Um they it's just more like my own personal guides. I don't really know who they are, but you know we have a relationship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. When there is when you can see a negative experience or something negative coming up for the client. Do you convey this message to them or, and like anything, whatever comes through, or are there certain issues that you would not talk about? And I would like to um, add to this, my next question, because it sort of comes together to talk about the ethics of a reader.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I have been given gratitude that I don't sugarcoat things too much. I do tell people what I see um, because it's what will give them the most information. Uh, That being said, I do try to frame it in the most positive light as in try to give an idea of how this can be used, how this energy, it's usually in flux anyway. How is this uh, trying to transmute into something What's if is it being blocked? Is it trying to become something? So I'm always looking for the positive, at the end of the line. Um, But you know, there was a woman who I did a reading for, and she was pregnant, and she was inquiring about the young man, and the cards were just bad, 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 bad. And I, I had to tell her what I saw, otherwise it would be a different form of ethical irresponsibility in a way. I I had to show her that he had an immature mind and that he was not inclined to be honest, and just all these things kept coming up. Um, Now, so, you know, regarding ethics, I really try um, to empower my uh, clients. Mm -hmm. There are certain you know, factions of people who try to foster a dependency, I yep. suppose. But I am very um, against anything like that. Um, and I, I try to charge only the fee required for my energy exchange. I don't seek to extort anyone. That's another, you know, ethics that I see getting a little crazy with certain spiritual things sometimes. But I do believe that an energy exchange is Uh, more than adequate to do. So basically I don't foster dependencies and I never tell people to do any one particular thing. I never say this is absolutely going to happen. But if something keeps coming up and up, I do not deny to them what I see. So I, I try to do my best to inform them and to do what serves I try to tap in. That's where the spirit guides come in. It's like, what serves here? What's the best way to say this that will help the world and help this person and empower them?
0: Mm. If you had a client who has a serious illness, it could be cancer, it could be something else. And you can see somehow that within whatever time frame, they will end their life. They will die. Would you pass on this information to them, regardless whether they've been advised by the doctor, for example, that they will like, and they they might even come to you uh, hoping for some sort of confirmation or otherwise. How would you handle that? And have you had such cases? Well,
1: I have to be completely honest that I've never had any situation show itself that clearly. Mm -hmm. How the situation would usually show it to me would be in a way where I would tell them, take care of your body before someone tells you to mm-hmm. take care of this before you are being ordered to there's like the deficiencies and excesses will show up. If, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like you need it to balance here and there or else. I mean, I could say that, but I've never been given the information that, um, I mean, I've picked up on illnesses, but almost every case they already knew. Mm-hmm. And I've picked up on, um, people not taking care of themselves, that could lead to consequences. And I've um, advised in that arena, but I've, I've never been in the situation where I knew somebody was going to die or anything like that. And I can't imagine what that would be like because I don't feel like that, that information is necessarily cut and dry um, in a reading, at least not for me.
0: Yes. Have you ever seen or got an information that the person will soon die, say, in an accident? Or it doesn't even come through.
1: I've had situations where I'm being told that they are they've been careless, or they're not paying attention, or they're, ha- or even that they have a death wish. I mean, it's gotten really uh, okay. scary. More like things that are within their control energetically, even if they don't realize it. But I don't tend to see things that are out of their control unless it's just like a big picture thing that I sense. I've never seen that, Hey, an accident's coming, but it's more like, take care, pay more attention to your life. That sort of thing. Okay. It's like, it's like, comes to me like a warning for them based on how the cards look and what the messages come through. But I've never actually not during a reading anyway, (laughs) seen an accident happening to someone I've seen it happen, Mm. you know, in my own life, just randomly not trying to, and I didn't know till after the fact. So it wasn't like I knew I was, Having a psychic thing, like when I'm doing a reading, I've never seen anything that specifically outside of the clearance control coming toward them.
0: Hmm. Okay. Thanks for that. I am always curious about this because in my own experience, that was some years ago, several years ago, I had a psychic reading by a reader whom I knew was reputable and, and he was really very, very good. And I was going through a very difficult time in my life with various situations happening so i asked him about certain outcome and he said no 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 absolutely not and i could sense that he w- was basically lying that he that he wasn't telling me the truth and sure enough the outcome that he apparently didn't see didn't want to tell me about eventuated literally within days <laughs> from that reading so I knew that he must have seen it, but he didn't want to tell me so now that obviously had various consequences, and that was something that I wanted to avoid so what what would you do in a similar scenario where you saw an outcome which was very negative or you know difficult in many ways and you knew that there would be consequences? Would you tell them about? What What is that? Yes, this is unfortunately coming up or would you withhold this information?
1: Like I said, I don't withhold the information and I have been thanked for that. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, I have to be harsh, not harsh, but I have to be real.
0: Like very and honest. Mm.
1: Yes, very honest. Because that's what's going to give them the nugget of truth, the treasure yeah. where they can make a choice because there was someone who was um, inquiring about, you know, stock investments with this person, uh, with with a partner. And all I could see was that this, they did not need to put their eggs in the same basket with this person. And I ended up, I I was like, you need to triple check everything that you have already done regarding this person. And it turned out that they were shady, make a long story short. And if I had decided to hold, you know, withhold that information and just be like, Oh, you know, um, just try to gloss it over somehow. If it comes at me that clear, I'm definitely going to say it because I one of the ways that I know is that I'll get goosebumps. if I if I get something that has to be said, I'll get goosebumps and mm. that's usually something sometimes that's the least pleasant things <laughs> to have to say to people. and I don't say them lightly. I, I try not to speak in absolutes, but like you know I tell them triple check and watch what this person says pay more attention i say i tend to say things like that you know and really ascertain for yourself whether or not you want to do x i don't say don't do x because it's life's more complicated than that it's all about seeing mm-hmm. these probable trajectories and where can we influence things in a way that will work out better for you know, our big picture
0: yeah in terms of Probable futures and our choices and our decisions. Do you believe that in our lives blueprint, if this is the concept again that you embrace, do you believe that there are certain events, certain situations, certain aspects that are quote unquote set in stone that we cannot change, that must happen exactly as they? are planned
1: so um we are born into this life under certain circumstances we for example are born in a socioeconomic situation with a certain family race and situation and these do create you know things that are set in stone that are sort of what you might call fated to happen but how they happen you know how they Mm, manifest yes that's rarely ever set in stone it's like you may be if you want to use the term soul contract, you may have a soul contract to go through this type of suffering or this type of thing that requires your soul to grow. But I believe that how exactly it manifests is never set in stone. But they're like proclivities that um, your soul may require. Mm, yeah, that's how it. That's how it comes across to me. And and I I feel like when you you have a certain guide within yourself, and the more you follow that, the more that things mm. will. Um, unfold in a synchronistic manner for you and it's almost like you get into more of a flow of life I mean it's true there's always suffering and things happening that are challenging but I believe that we can lessen that to a degree if we're following what feels more like well the more we follow our higher self the less of a um, really disastrous karmic Mm, effect a certain situation may have and even that statement is not set in stone. It's just a, you know, cause how that it unfolds is it's a mystery, but I do believe that the more we tap in with our higher self and spirit, or even if you're an atheist, you know, what, you know, and when you tap into that knowing you're going to do better than if you ignore it, because you've got that still yeah. small voice within regardless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree with, uh, with you many years ago, again, in one of the readings that I had, I asked about specific situation and or issue in my life. And the reader who, again, I knew was pretty good, said to me, oh, you know, this won't happen until this time of your life. And I said, well, wh- why do I need to wait? She said, this is something set in stone. You can't change that. And I thought, well, hang on a second, how come I can't? So so it wasn't about changing the situation. It was more about the timing. She said, no, this is set in stone. And she used actually those words. This is set in stone and you can't change it. It will happen not until certain time of your life.
1: That's interesting. So I've never gotten such a hardcore time thing about things. However, I will get um, a message that, this will take some time. This will need to unfold. Um, this won't happen right away, but it's never. It mu- you must wait. You know, yeah. I, I I feel like this will require patience. You know, but I've never gotten such a a hardcore um, timeline for something, and I really do not believe in the words set in stone. I really don't, because mm. that's that takes away the whole purpose of why we're doing divination to begin with, in my opinion.
0: Would you like to learn how to meditate in Theta? The optimal frequency you can have in a meditative state? By popular demand, I have created an instructional Theta meditation package containing a guided audio meditation and an introduction booklet. It is a unique, one-of-a-kind resource that will help you achieve and maintain the elusive Theta state throughout your meditation. And will give you the important background information about FITA meditation and this process. For more details, please go to the store on my website at quantumliving.com.au. Yes, because this sort of answer can take away from the person other choices or decisions or pursuing different pathway or even hope that, yes, this event will happen soon because at the time, the time frame was roughly, you know, we're talking about 20 years or more. And I said, well, why? Oh, you it's set in stone. You can't change it.
1: Now, to me, this would be an example of one of those disempowering statements that you know, a reader may have been accused of doing, and it takes away the autonomy of the querent, in my opinion. Um, like your previous question, if there were certain things that could disempower, I believe something like that absolutely could. Because though the reader may pick on, pick up on, this isn't probably going to happen very soon. It the, Just by telling, you know, the querent that it will not, they will be discouraged in a way you know, it's possible that they won't, it will, if they're not thinking Mm. for themselves, Mm -hmm. I always stress, you must think for yourself. You must feel for yourself. And that's why I always try to um, empower my clients. Mm. That way you will never get a statement like that Mm. from me. That is limiting because I'm here to try to help expand.
0: Yeah. Now, Nikki, Uh, You said that your main divination divination tool is tarot cards. For those people who are not very familiar with tarot cards, could you just give us a brief overview of of tarot and how do you work with them, with, with those cards?
1: So the tarot can be said to be a pictorial representation of life. And the 22 cards of the major arcana are said to apply to spiritual matters, growth of the soul. And then you have the 56 cards of the minor arcana, which are said to apply to many different areas of life. And they're divided into four suits, which correspond to the four elements and four different types of energies symbolically that we use through our daily life. And they can give us clues by their arrangement what types of situations can benefit from what types of actions, essentially. And um, the history of the tarot, it's very interesting. They don't really know where it began, but the first cards are from the 1300s. And there's all sorts of stories about how there were two different arcanas and the, I mean, the original major arcana as apart from what we now call the playing cards. Um, their stories, that they were separated to uh, avoid religious persecution, things of that nature. It's really a colorful um, history, what we do know of it. Yeah, it's really a wonderful tool. It it, it requires symbolic thinking, and it can develop symbolic thinking as well, and mythological, archetypal uh, representations that are very useful in how we see our life and what type of myth we want to be living because that's really something that we don't think about too often our life is like our own mythology mm. how do we want that to unfold
0: yes and so you are getting insights from each card and then also from a specific combination of of those cards yes
1: yes it's it's holographic really like okay. all the positions and what uh, order they all affect each other you know, just it's like a horoscope. You know, having the sun and Gemini is not enough. But when you see all the aspects yeah. and all the other planets, a picture starts to form. I would liken a reading to something like that yeah. sometimes, yeah. or at least the a few cards can do that.
0: I like I like that comparison uh, with uh, astrology because I, I think it's it's very good, uh, very good uh, comparison that illustrates the point.
1: Yes, yeah, so and there's so many wonderful correspondences that you know. And I'm learning more and more about astrology all the time. I know more than the average person, but I want to know a lot. I want to know a lot. (laughs) I'm getting there.
0: So do do you start incorporating astrology in your readings?
1: When I have a repeat client, it starts to come up. I start to see um, how the cycles start to affect them. But when I'm making essential oils for repeat clients or sometimes they'll get an essential oil based on the reading. I often use astrology in that.
0: Mm -hmm. Lovely. So that's a nice segue to my next question, (laughs) which is about your own blends of essential oils and botanicals. Could you talk to this uh, a bit? How did you learn it and how do you know which oils to blend? All
1: right. Well, essential oils were like my first love. And this whole uh, mystical doings, I smelled sandalwood oil for the first time. And I was like, that takes me back to ancient Persia. (laughs) That was my experience. But I learned about herbs and oils pretty much along the same lines as I was learning about tarot because I had the herbal tarot deck. So they were kind of hand in hand for me from the beginning. And I compose an oil for a person who's had a reading based on the outcomes that they want to create that the reading shows where they have excesses and deficiencies. And I use the four elements and there that's where um, astrology will play into that. And I like to know their sign too. If I'm making, I like to know their sun, moon and rising sign for the oils. And I start to see the colors and the colors remind me of the smells and all, it all sort of comes together symbolically in another type of holographic way. And it's almost like making a piece of music, like the earth. It's got the really deep smells and the really deep tones. And then uh, the lighter jasmine-y, you know, it's like rather airy. It makes me think of the moon or all those different things. And I always charge the oils too for the client's intent, but I always encourage people to do their own magic, wield Mm. your own magic. Um, You know, this is something to give us consciousness keys, really. It's what it's about. Having the, um, well, the sense of smell is really a doorway to different states of consciousness. And um, the way I use essential oils is like a focus as I'm bringing about the intentions where I want to make changes, where I want to, you know, show gratitude for this, the whole gamut can be experienced through senses. And it's just, the more we open our consciousness, we can make our intentions stronger.
0: Cause mm. it all comes
1: from within in the end,
0: yeah. but it's
1: inspiration.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. And I love that connection between tarot, astrology and essential oils because the common denominator here is energy. Yes. And so when we can use energy as an overlay of those three sources, if you like, or three lenses or three perspectives, this can become a really powerful tool.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: That you can offer to people because it, it is the essence of the message or, or the insight. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, i'm I'm loving it
1: yes the essence no pun intended <laughs> essential yes oils. no pun intended absolutely <laughs> but yes it is it is really beautiful and it's a passion of mine because um i've been able to help people and i want to keep doing that and i i love creating the oils it's creating beauty it's creating beauty in the world and helping other people tap into you know just how much power they really have and how they perceive their life that's and that creates an energy and it all comes back to energy and just using those and tapping into it. But it's all about our own magic. It's our natural magic. And that gets blocked. And, you know, this society, this life, this culture, it's not as encouraged as it, you know, is it will be as the age of Aquarius continues onward. <laughs> and yes. we're all valued more for our um, individual gifts, yet they feed and help the collective paradoxically. So I'm all about everyone embracing their own inner, uh, their weirdness (laughs) in the best way. way.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, Niki, could you tell us about your work and your services? And obviously, I will include all the links in the show notes so that people can find you. But just to give us a sense of your offerings.
1: Absolutely. So I offer a 30-minute tarot reading or past life reading. And you can go to my website um, and schedule the reading right there. And the appointment is right there. And then uh, you let me know if you're interested in the accompanying essential oil blend. And then I will bring that um, and work that out for you. And it's very personalized, um, according to, you know, I really make it a conversation. I really try to connect and and get in there. I don't just say, oh, here's your sun sign oil, you know although I do have a Zodiac line, <laughs> but um, yes, it's just, you can take care of everything just by scheduling the appointment. And then we talk from there and um, I don't have any upcoming events right now because there was a big one canceled, but yeah, if you can meet me in person, then we can talk there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yes. Yeah, just by going to my website.
0: Yeah. And with your essential oils, Do you ship them internationally as well or only within the States? I can ship internationally as well. You you do? Okay. Mm -hmm. Lovely. So, Nikki, what would be your final thought, your final key message or key takeaway that might be helpful for our listeners?
1: Divination is about insight. It's about hope and it's about power. It gives you the insight and will give you the hope that you can make the changes and realize just how powerful you really are. And when you realize where you don't have power, you can take all the power and put it where you can use it. And the more you follow your true soul, high soul, you know, high soul truth, the more you can live the life that you're here to live because you have a certain energy signature that the world needs. Mm. And. The more you tap into that, the more in flow you will be.
0: Thank you. Beautiful. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for your lovely presence and your mysterious mystical energy and sharing with us your wisdom. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on my show.
1: It has been a pleasure. And what a lovely conversation. It it helped me think a lot as well. So I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so
0: much. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed this show, please post a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen to it and lift the spirit across the world and the universe. For the show notes and contact details, please go to my Quantum Living Podcast on podpage.com. I'm your host, Anna Anderson. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Quantum Living. Until then, be well.